and have joy regardless of what's going on in life. And, uh, and today, specifically, and you'll understand the, the, the reasoning behind uh, the title of today's message, and that's this. I entitled today, Making Your Vapor Life Count. <laughs> Making Your Vapor Life Count. And R- Ray said, now you do know that there's some vapor cigarettes, and I'm not talking about that, Okay. Uh, we're talking about our vapor life, and so let me take you to a Psalm before we get into, and I explain uh, the reasoning behind that. Let me take you to Psalm 40, verse 8. It says this in Psalm 40, verse 8. It says, I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. Your instructions are written on my heart. And so the Bible says that we could take joy in doing the will of God in our life. I believe that's God's plan for every one of us. And so that's what we've been talking about in this whole series. But I want to take you to James chapter 4 and give you the reasoning behind or the thoughts behind the, the, the title that I gave. And in James chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Come you, or come now you who say, Today or tomorrow... We will go to such and such city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. In other words, you know, you that are saying, hey, we're going to do this, that, whatever. It says, whereas you do not know what your life, what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or do that. And, 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 and too many of us, we go through life and we're, we're making decisions based on what we want. And, uh, and the Bible says your life is it's, it's too short here on this earth to be wasting your time on you doing your stuff. Instead, you need to be seeking God and you need to be asking God, what do I do with my life? Because if you go doing your stuff, I'm going to tell you, before you know it, your life's come and it's gone. It it, it passes. Life is like a vapor. I don't care if you live to be 120 years old in comparison to uh, eternity. It's a vapor here on this earth. And and the older I get, it seems like I don't know what the deal is, but it seems like it just goes faster and faster and faster. And, 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 you know, young people, you know, when you were a kid, it's like, man, it just seems like time goes slow, slow, mo, you know. And, and then when you get older, it goes a little faster. And then when you get just a little bit older, as I am, it, it goes, it goes, it starts going super fast. It's like on steroids, right? And, and so time just starts going really fast. And, um, and the Bible's telling us here that we shouldn't be wasting it on doing whatever we want. Instead, we need to say, God, what is it that you want going on in my life? What is it? What, did, what do you desire? And I'm, let's all be honest. How many of us, probably on a daily basis, are not considering the will of God for that day, not to mention maybe that month or that week or that month or even that year? We're just making plans based on what we want versus what God would have us do. Are you with me? 
Life's too short to waste it on our, our thing. We need to be doing, it, doing God's thing in our life. Please gather and, and capture what I'm saying today because life truly is a vapor. So what I want to do is I want to talk about how do you make life how do you how do you make your your vapor life count? How do you make that count in your life? Because all of us want it to count, right? We don't want to go to, and get at the end of our life. And and by the way, we you know if you're a believer, if you're you're a Christian, you never die. You really don't. You just move. You go from where you're at here, and you go into the presence of God. Okay, it's, it's, you know, death has no sting on those that are, are believers. And so you just, you just simply transfer. In your spirit, you, you have a soul, you live in your body. Now your body does die, but it will one day be resurrected. And, and thank God for that, amen? And so here's what I want us to do is how do we, how do we make our vapor life count? Well, first of all, number one, here's what I gathered from James chapter 4. Number one, don't presume that everything that happens in you, in your life, is God's will. Don't presume that it's all God's will. If you presume everything is God's will in your life, then you're not going to stand up and stand against the enemy that's out to kill, steal, and destroy. You'll just allow things to happen in your life and you'll just consider it being God's will. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say when they go through certain situations, certain circumstances and things going on in their life, well, God's got a bigger plan than I have. Well, God must have a, a reasoning for this. Not everything is God. Not everything is God. And we can presume that it is, but just because our presumption is there doesn't mean that it's a fact. For instance, this week, boy, we just had, uh, uh, it just seemed like one attack after another. Uh, it just seems like one thing going after another. My wife calls me the other, uh, the other day, Thursday. She left the office and went home, and I think it was a- after five, and she gets home and, and, and no air conditioning. In, in this weather, it's like, I like hot, but I do like a little cool. And she gets home and no air conditioning. And, uh, and so it's just like, okay, God, you must have a reasoning for this. You know, there's a lot of people who would think that. And, and it's like, no, we, we need to address this issue. And so she calls the repairman to come in, and, and he comes, and he, he fixes it and gets it done. And uh, $120 later, I believe. And, uh, and so he also informs us that our Freon, Freon's low, although it was working prior to it, just not working that day uh, very well. And now the Freon's low. And so today it's still not working right. It's still not cooling like it needs to cool, but it is at least working. And, and so there's all kinds of issues that come in our life. And then my wife gets hit physically. And and just uh, she just felt. I mean, this this week she just got attacked physically, and she got ill, and uh, just a number of different things. Uh, our our water heater started leaking. Uh, it's just like our water heater started leaking, and it's a tankless water heater, so it's not like okay, you put some super glue on it. Although my mother would try, and. Uh, <laughs> 
Because she, I mean, if something breaks, super glue it. That's how I, she's, that's her fix all. And, and a duct tape, she, she's got, she's got, she's, you know, she just, she thinks super glue fixes everything. And, and so anyway, uh, so we've had just a number of this, and this is some ministry related stuff, just a lot of different stuff this week. There's a lot of people that would just lay back and, and just allow those things to take place in their life and not realize that not everything, not everything is God's will. That sometimes you're just being attacked and you need to stand your ground. And that there is a devil out there that's trying to kill, steal, and destroy. Now, honestly, not everything is a devil. Not everything is us, because sometimes we make decisions and we do stuff that invites stuff into our life. So not everything is us, not everything is the devil. Because sometimes just accidents happen. Things just happen, right? But the, the point I'm making, not everything is God. God's given us a free ch- uh, will to choose. There's things that, that we do that can hap- bring things on. There's a devil out there that comes and can attack. And so sometimes we just need to stand our ground. So don't presume everything that happens to you is God's will. Let me give you some scripture. Colossians chapter 1, this scripture wouldn't even be in the word of God if it wasn't, if, if God's will, if everything that happens to our life is God's will. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 9, it says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you. So prayer is important. Why pray if everything's God's will? Well, I, I, I do not cease to pray for you or to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Why? Why do we need to be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding? It tells us. It goes on to say that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Another translation says that you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. And it goes on to be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. So we need to, we need to even, even pray and ask God to fill us with the knowledge of his will. This is one of my daily prayers. That I not only pray over me, our family, but you guys. I pray this over us every day. Because I know that we need to understand what the will of God is in order for us to be fruitful, in order for us to be able to fulfill what God has for us to fulfill in our life. Can you see that? So don't presume everything is God. See, the reason I even bring this out is because I see a lot of people, they tolerate far too much in their life that that they don't need to be tolerating. They just allow things in their life. They just keep allowing things in their life that they need to be standing in faith against because it's not God. It's the enemy attacking their life. Amen? Amen? Amen. And, and, and as a result, we just live a mediocre life, not an impactful life. And we're missing God's best for our life. Um, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36, it says, Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, your faith, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. 
For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance to bear up under difficult circumstances without compromising so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. That's pretty powerful. And so God wants us, he wants us to have knowledge of his will. Why is that? Knowledge is key. It's key for our life. Get this. Get this scripture. Hosea says this in Hosea 4.6. It says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You know that what you don't know can hurt you? What you don't know can hurt you. We've got to know the will of God for our life. We need to be pursuing the will of God. What you, what you do know can hurt you too. If you know it and you're not applying it. If you know it and you're not doing something about it, it can hurt you. And get this, what you can know can help you. So if you'll get hold of the will of God and understand what God's will is concerning your life, it can help you in life, help you be everything that God wants you to be, to be fruitful, as we uh, read earlier, to, to be worthy of God, to, to please God with our lives. Amen? And so first of all, don't presume... Don't presume that everything that happens to you is God's will. Well, here's another way that you can make your vapor life count. Because you, listen, you, you don't have the time to be wasting just chasing everything or just laying back and just allowing everything in your life. So you need to, you need to be understanding of what God's will is for your life. Secondly, don't live life independent of seeking God's will. Don't live independent of seeking God's will. Every day, God, what is it? You know, Jesus, he spent time in prayer every day hearing from God. And then what did he do? He went and lived it out. He walked it out every day. The same must be true of us. God, what are you saying? How many of us, let's be honest, how many of us are not praying on a daily basis? And I'm not saying just reciting some prayers. I'm talking about, Lord, I really need to hear from you today. I need your heart. I need your wisdom. I need your direction. I need, I need, you, to, I need you to fill me with the knowledge of your will, with all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that I might know what is, what is the hope of your calling. What is, what, God, fill me with your, with your wisdom. The Bible says if we call out to him, he will do that. And so we need to be seeking God. Second Peter says this. Here's a good reason why. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace. Grace is God's ability, God's power to do God's will for your life. And it's multiplied to you through the knowledge of him. It goes on to say this. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Next one. And by which have been given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that through these promises you may be partakers of the divine nature. Let's go on. And it goes on to say, having escaped corruption that is in the world through lust. So we need God's knowledge of his will in order to escape the things that are going on in this world. 
If we don't have the knowledge of God in our life, then we don't escape what it is that God wants us to escape. So how are we going to have the knowledge of God's will if we're not seeking His will? We can't live independent of seeking God's will for our life. It must be a daily pursuit in our life. God, what do you want? How many of you made plans today? How many of you made plans inviting God to lead, guide, and direct your plans? How many do that on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, yearly basis? Where we're we're living life independent of seeking God's will. Please don't do that. Life's too short to be wasting your time. Make sure that you're seeking God's will for your life. Otherwise, if you're not getting the right information, guess what it does? It costs you. My son this week, he told me this yesterday. He had a, he had a, uh, a customer that, uh, that he bid a job on. It was a $500 job he bid a job on. And uh, I, asked if, I asked if I could share this this morning. And so, big, no big deal. He bid it. The customer okayed it. And, and, uh, and so my, my son, uh, he went out and he did the job. It was uh, uh, independent of his uh, normal routines. And so he went and did the job. And, and later on in the week, the customer emailed him and said, because my, I guess my son billed him, and, or, or uh, you know, he... Uh, charged his credit card and he took it out, I guess. I'm not for sure about that. But the guy emailed him back and he says, hey, I thought you were going to come by this week and do my job. And, and so my son uh, emailed him back and he says, I did get it done. And he says, well, there's all kinds of stuff and it, it, doesn't, it, you, it doesn't look like you did it. So I, I think my son grabbed the phone and called him and he said, and he's, he, in their conversation, he realized the guy that he was talking to and the house that he was talking about was not the house that he went and worked on. It was a neighbor's house. So my son went and did a $500 job on the wrong house. Can I tell you? Yeah, uh uh-oh, that's right. Can I tell you wrong information will cost you? When, when we're living our life not seeking God's will and we're just we're gathering the wrong information, it can cost you. And I think that's where a lot of people are. And, and I'm going to tell you this because I'm an advocate. I, I believe in the local church. I believe that today you're going to gather things in your heart and your life that's going to radically change your life if you embrace it and take it to heart and hear what God's saying to you today. I think too many times that church is not a priority, that it is an option in many people's lives, and it cannot be. (coughs) Hear my heart in this. I'm not saying this because I pastor. I'm saying this because I've been where you are before I pastored, and I, 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 I mean, I've been wholly and fully and completely committed to local church, engaged, because... I know, one, it pleases God. Two, I know that the health that it brings into my life. Jeremiah says this in Jeremiah 3.15. It says, and I will give you shepherds or pastors. Another word for shepherd is pastors. According to my heart, who will feed you with knowledge 
and understanding. What did we determine today? What have we discovered today? Knowledge and understanding helps set us up for success, right? It helps us to please God. It helps us to be in sync with God. It keeps us from wasting our life and wasting our time. It gets us where we need to be, where God wants us to be, right? Now let's go on and let's look at uh, verse uh, chapter 23, verse 4. It says, And I will set up shepherds or pastors over them who will feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. See, knowledge comes grace. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Grace of God, the peace of God, God's grace is God's ability, God's power to do God's will in our life. And so when we have God's knowledge, the knowledge of God's will being fed to us, guess what happens? It gives us power. Power to go forward. Power to be in sync. Power to be where we need to be when we need to be. And where we need to be. At the time that we need to be where God wants us to be. Amen? Amen? Are you with me? And so, don't live life independent of seeking God. Okay, let me, let me bring this to a close because I want you to hear this last, last point. And it's this. You need to present your body to do God's will. You've got to present your body to do God's will. Here's the deal, Lucille. Okay? You've got to hear this. The devil is not your greatest problem. Your circumstances is not your greatest problem. Your body is your greatest problem. Are you hearing me? Your body will fight you. Your body will try to keep you from the will of God. Your body will say one more minute, five more minutes, ten more minutes. Oh, beep, beep, thirty more minutes. And all of a sudden, you find yourself running. And it's like you're trying to pay catch up instead of, instead of being ahead of the game. I love living my life by margin. I always set margins. That happens only with discipline. Guess what your body doesn't want to do? Be disciplined. Your body, you've got to tell your body what to do or your body's going to tell you what to do. You're going to have to command your body. I call it being flesh-ruled or body-ruled. Your, your body will rule you or you've got to rule your body. Again, you're a three-part being. Your spirit, you have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a body. Your body is what the Bible calls the flesh. The flesh is opposing God. You're, you're born again. You're brand new. You're righteous in God in spirit. In your spirit, the spirit man, who you really are, you're born again. Your soul is still being saved in that you got to constantly renew your mind, renew your mind, renew your mind. The Bible says if we're not renewing our mind, we're going to be conformed to this world rather than being transformed by the renewing of our mind. So we've got to renew our mind so that we stay in sync with God. But your body, one day, it's going to die, it's going to decay, and then God's going to resurrect it, and he's going to give you a brand new Brand new body. But right now, until then, in your body, your body, your flesh, if you will, it is selfish. It's prideful. 
It doesn't, it, I mean, I'm telling you, it will, it will come against you and you guys in that selfishness and that pride will rule your life unless you rule your body. I know that's not a popular message, but you need to hear it anyway. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5, it says, Therefore, when he came into the world, talking about Jesus, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you had prepared for me. Get this, verse 7. Then I said, Behold, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me, to do your will, O oh God. Your body, even though it opposes God, was created to do the will of God. But it will never do the will of God if you're allowing your body to rule you instead of you ruling your body. I'm here today. My body is doing the will of God because I'm telling it what to do, not because it's telling me what to do. Come on now. Is that making sense? I'm trying to help a brother out and a sister. We are his body prepared to do his will, but we've got to do something about it. How do you do that? You've got to present your body. According to scripture, is a living sacrifice. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says this, I beseech you, I beg you, I plead with you. That's what that word beseech means. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That, that, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now notice here that it says you're going to have to present it, and you're going to have to live, present it as a sacrifice. In other words, it's not going to be easy. Because your body's going to be fighting. Pride, selfishness, Wanting its way, wanting that extra whatever, wanting to do whatever else it wants to do. You need to tell your body whatever you want it to do, not allow it to tell you what it wants to do. Come on. The flesh is selfish. Life's too short. It's too short to be wasting our time. And we're going to have to dedicate our bodies. That word dedicate means to offer. That word dedicate also means, or to present, it means to dedicate uh, all of yourself, set apart to do his will. We have to do that. We have to say, body, you're going to do what God says. Every day, every morning. Listen, I get up every morning, like clockwork, every morning. Ask my wife. I never fudge. I mean, day in, day out, day in, day out, year after year, year after year. I never fudge. I don't care if I go to bed late, same time, same time, every day, every day, every day. And I've, I've learned that, and I, I do that because I tell my body what to do. It's not going to tell me, because I know my body, if I give it an inch, it takes 50 miles. I just cannot give my body rule in my life. I have to tell it what to do. I'm trying to help you out. If you're going to do the will of God, have the will of God, and enjoy the will of God in your life, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to present your body as a living sacrifice. How do you do that? I'm glad you asked. Romans 12.2 tells us. It tells us that we cannot be conformed to this world, or don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You've got to renew your mind. Your mind is going to determine 
Your mind will determine which way you go, whether you go uh, and allow your spirit to rule your life or allow your flesh to rule your life. Your mind, you get there thinking, man, wouldn't five more minutes be nice? Isn't that right? Wouldn't be, oh, 10 more minutes, 15 more. Oh, you know, I, you know, it's no big deal if I'm a little late. It is a big deal because you just gave into your flesh. Your flesh is now ruling you rather than you ruling your flesh. I never allow my flesh there. I never allow my flesh to go there. Not anymore. I don't, I don't say when it comes to getting up in the morning, I don't even go. I don't even think about that. I don't allow myself to think that away. It just does not even enter in it. It used to years ago, but now my flesh knows better. It's just not going to talk to me in that because I'm going to get up and I'm going to do what needs to be done. Amen? Amen. Now, there's still areas that God's working on me and I'm working on and I'm not arrived. I don't claim to have arrived. I'm still working, but I'm here to tell you that I'm constantly presenting my body as a living sacrifice. How am I doing that? Renewing my mind. Constantly renewing my mind. What does God say? Listening to the word, reading the word, listening to messages, listening to myself as I'm hearing, like even under the anointing, hearing what God's saying and, and, and gathering and embracing it and putting it to work in my life. Amen? Amen. And so Ephesians chapter 5, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and close with this. It says, Therefore, see that you walk carefully. Live life with honor, purpose, courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil, not as the unwise, but as the wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning uh, people, making the most, the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. Therefore, do not be foolish or thoughtless, but understanding, understanding and firmly grasp Grasping what the will of the Lord is. Firmly grasping. God, what is your will for my life? Today, I believe that God has so much more than what we're probably experiencing today. And if we're going to experience God's best, there's three things that I said today that I believe that uh, James says, and if we're going to live out this, this vapor life that he's given us, this short life, to its fullest. We can, we've got to not presume that everything that happens to us is God's will. Because if we do that, there's going to be times where we're not standing against the things we need to stand against. And there's going to be things that we're cooperating with that's not God's will for our life. Secondly, we need to make sure that we don't live life independent of seeking God's will. And thirdly, we've got to do something with this flesh, guys. Because this flesh will take you down if you don't watch it. Amen? Good preaching? Thank you, Father. Let's pray. Father, we thank you.